0: Right on the button, guys. last stone for Kevin Martin. They want it on the button. The fans are on their feet. Kevin Martin goes out as a champion.
1: Uh, Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, Yes, you can hear me. A little little bounce in my step. Uh, I never thought it would happen. A lot of us didn't think it would happen. But yes, uh, there's been curling. And of course, uh, we just crowned. The women's champion, the Scotties champion, um, Carrie Anderson, congratulations to her. God, it was good. The last game was good. And she's going to join us in a couple of minutes. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Great, good grab, Kevin. After that, we got Brendan Botcher, who's on his way down to the briar. Uh, we talked to Brendan a little bit uh, before we uh, set up this interview. And uh, you're not going to believe what they have to do uh, with the protocols of COVID, uh, to be able to play in this thing. Uh, and Kevin, everyone's been wondering about the World Championships. Uh, you're up early. You're up early and you found out something. You said it was a little bird who told you that a couple of weeks ago. Give us, fill us in, Kev. What's up?
2: Yeah, isn't this exciting? So uh, the Women's Worlds, of course, it's it was cancelled out of Switzerland. And uh, so a couple, three weeks ago on the podcast, I said a little birdie told me. Uh, and I can't say you know what little birdie it was but that little birdie was really really smart and then uh, funny this last weekend on uh, our facebook group and uh, and the wrap-up that we do every night at the end of the uh, of the days of the scotties and we will do it the days of the briar but warren came out and uh, <laughs> and basically announced that the the uh, the bubble was going to house the women's worlds. And of course, right away, I'm laughing uh, my head off. And I saw so I phoned Warren right away. Said, Warren, you can't, you can't, you can't say that. But Warren said, well, uh, you know, he didn't say a little bit, but you know, he got <laughs> he, yeah, too late. Yeah. He got that information. Anyway, I wake up this morning and I see on the, the news Warren was bang on. It looks like uh, they're trying to get approvals for uh, the women's world. So well done Warren. I know you can't say any names or anything, but, uh, Good hunting to figure to uh to uh to find out that uh that was actually the truth. So well done. Well, we'll call it a
0: calculated guess. <laughs> well,
1: it's a good one. Uh, we we record on Tuesdays, uh, so you're you're hearing this for the first time on Thursday, so don't get mad at us. If you're going, Well, that's an old announcement, uh, you know, because we, we try and keep it current. Um, Warren, I got to ask you before we before we bring on uh Carrie and then followed by uh Brendan Botcher, um, if you were uh, in the Briar. Uh, and I, I guess I'll ask both of you, um, Warren, if you were in the Briar uh, this year, under these circumstances, you've, you've curled your whole life and, and you've been to the Briar before. Would would you do anything different with your team, Warren?
0: It's really hard to say. I, I think teams again, are, are very individual. Some people will, uh, will spend their off time together as a team. Uh, some will have a couple members may stick together. Others will be all four people kind of go in a different direction. Uh, the teams I played on were, were both circumstances. In, in some cases, we were all four together a lot. Some cases, we were very individual. Some cases, a couple of us were fairly close. So it's it depended upon the relationship often between the players. I often say the players on your team don't have to be your best friends, but they might be. And that's going to determine to a very large degree how you're going to handle situations like that.
1: Uh, I think the last time we had Brendan on, uh, you know, this, this deal where uh, they've been runner-up three years in a row now, And I'd asked him, uh, you know, what, what do you take away from that? Do you learn anything from it? And and he paused and said, yeah, yeah. Here's what I take away from it. Losing sucks. (laughs) And, and it really sucks if you lose twice, but it really, really, really sucks. If you use three times in a row, Kevin, you've been known to say that you don't, you don't learn as much from your wins as you do from your losses. What, what's, what does that mean? I mean, you, you're the best curler in the world. Uh, What, what, what would you do? Uh, if you're Brendan Botcher. Well,
2: I I like, uh, you know, the idea of of learning from your losses. I don't think anybody in history lost as much as us. So um, it's very important. You know, it's funny, Jimmy, you look at winning, winning something big. Mm -hmm. You win, you win, you cheer, you get in the locker room and you're yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get it done and have a couple of cocktails and it's all good. What did you learn? You didn't learn anything, but you won, which is great. But if you lose a big game, you sit in that locker room and 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 you get inside your own head and you go, "What could I have done different?" And you dwell on. At least I used to dwell on it. What could I have done? The school of hard knocks is a wonderful school. It's a hard school, but it's a wonderful school. You learn so much by it, and uh, I think that's where Brennan um, means when he uh, when he's t- worried about you know w- learning from losing. You, you learn so much from losing and you don't learn much from winning. And I guess that's for athletes. You're going to lose a lot, even if you do win some.
1: Right on boys. Uh, great, great job. Uh, we're going to do a zoomer with the Thistle curling club uh, this, the, this week. Uh, and of course, uh, tomorrow uh, the briar starts. Uh, so we've got lots going on. If you want to do a zoom call with us, we, this is our ninth one uh, that, that we're going to do. And uh, they've been highly successful. People love them. Um, and, and if you want to. Your club, uh, to set that up, we we'd love to do it. Uh get a hold of us. Uh when I say us, Kevin, I, I really don't mean that. Uh it's Warren that you're gonna get a hold of. Uh we've got an email, of course, insidecurling at gmail.com. And Hansen, how how many how many you're answering now? Uh, we figure Kevin and I were talking, we figure up about 32 hours a day uh to look after this stuff. But we get a ton of them more and, and uh, God you've responded to so many. um, uh, you must, you must, you must run out of uh, your 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 keypad worn. The buttons must be worn down <laughs> with, with uh, responding. Well, we got lots going
0: on. We're without question.
1: Well, listen, i I'll tell you what. I haven't been this excited in a while. You know, to curling fans around the world, very special episode of Inside Curling. Uh, yesterday, of course, we're 24 hours removed. From, I don't want to say the new champion, repeat champion, freshly crowned, Carrie Anderson's team from Manitoba. Uh, third, Val Sweeting, uh, Shannon Richard, uh, Burchard, Birchard sorry, second, and Brian Milieu, uh, okay, lead. Uh, and we're, Kevin, gr- great job in tracking uh, Carrie down. Carrie, welcome to the show, our guest. Congratulations, unbelievable. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, Carrie, that this will go down as one of the most remarkable victory in Canadian women's curling uh, and maybe an olive curling uh, that you pulled this off under these extraordinary circumstances. Uh, tell us, first of all, how, how you did it.
3: Well, it's definitely been um, a crazy journey for us. Um, it's not normal. That's for sure. Um, winning our first year together was a dream come true. And um We worked so hard and put so much into this for to to be champions. It's great. Like it feels amazing. (laughs) Um, And to this year, it's just been so different. And um, but we just kind of just rolled with it and didn't let um, not being able to represent worlds really affect us in any way. We just it it was out of our hands and out of our control so we can't do anything about it, but yeah, it's, it's been a great run so far.
1: Right. I know, I know the boys, of course, they're with us every week, Kevin Martin and and Warren Hanson before we get to them, uh, Carrie, walk us through uh, the obvious is the pandemic here. And that's why I think it'll be one of the most remarkable victories, uh, all sports that happens during this thing for people to do it uh, for, for curling Canada, to pull off a championship, uh, no cases. Of course, we're talking about the pandemic, How did did you do it? Talk to us about the bubble, uh, how you got to the rink each day, what you had to do between games, team meetings, all all that.
3: Well, the journey to get there for me was rough. Um, So I went into the city uh, to stay at Shannon's before we left. We had to, we're going to drive there. Um, But um, we went to pick up our rental and Curling Canada had uh, messed up on that. So we ended up having to book a flight last minute. Uh, to fly there we we're like oh my gosh oh, wow. so then we had to totally change all our plans we got tested uh before we left at 6 a.m in the morning went back to shannon's figured out our flight situation went to the airport was supposed to fly out at 10 a.m i went to board the plane and i apparently didn't have a valid license
1: <laughs> oh no
3: so no, i had Carrie. to yeah Uh, So I had to go back home (laughs) (laughs) and get my license renewed and get my passport, book another flight, and the girls left without me. And um, so they were terrified that something was going to happen on the plane. (laughs) They're like, this is a sign. I was like, oh, my God, you guys. (laughs) So then um, I finally got my flight and it was seven o'clock at night and I arrived there just around 10 o'clock and I was just exhausted and I was crying. I was so upset. I was just like, oh my God, everything was going wrong for me at that point. Um, So I was like, okay, we're just getting all of our bad luck out now. It's good. (laughs) Um, And once we got to the bubble, we just kind of self-isolated in our own rooms. We didn't get to see each other for about 24 hours. So we went and stepped on the ice to practice we all had to still wear our masks we got tested a few times um before we started the event like we got tested the second day and then we got tested again and then mine came back as an inconclusive so i had to get tested again oh, i was like God. holy man, carrie you got the worst <laughs> luck <laughs>
1: What day did the travel happen here for you? Was it like the day before you're supposed to curl or two days before?
3: No, it was about two days. Yeah. So I, uh, we were leaving with plenty of time. So if anything went wrong, which it did.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Sorry. Carry on. Fill it. So the rest of you had to isolate and yeah. all sorts of other stuff.
3: And so we just did a lot of FaceTime with each other. And cause we weren't allowed to meet in each other's rooms. Um, it was pretty lonely actually. <laughs> So I would FaceTime my family and do things like that, watch some TV shows. And uh, then once we got to go and practice together and just is basically you get like a um, it's like a card and you have to sign in and out. To leave. You have to show temperature checks twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. Um, so it's very like tight, tight quarters around there. <laughs> right is good it's got to be right so um every time we went to and from the rink we had to check in check out um hotel and rink um Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was very well put together and very well run
1: how how did you eat sorry before kevin jumps in how how were meals done between you guys
3: um we um just kind of ordered there we did skip the dishes uh, the first day you couldn't do skip the dishes or get any groceries. You had to um, just order from the restaurant there. So we did that. Um, I was actually quite getting used to it. I was like, Ooh, I can eat my bed all the time. <laughs> it was great. I didn't have to cook.
2: Yeah. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah. I just want to get into the, uh, into the games themselves because uh like you know everybody in canada watches the scotties of course especially this year everybody's at home and had lots of time to watch and but one thing that was noticeable to me near the end of the week and i really want to hear your thoughts on this is your team's fitness level um because you played a million games Um, i think it was like 14 curling games in nine days and uh, at the end your team looked by far the most fresh out of the jones team out of Laura's team and Rachel's so I really need to ask you um just I I guess how can that be you're in better shape at the end of the week uh for curling in my opinion
3: um I didn't really notice that (laughs) the girls they they swept their butts off in that um home and game when we played them the first time they were exhausted afterwards. The girls were just, they did so much end to end sweeping. I felt so bad. Brianne had blisters on her hands. They, her Jersey was full of blood. I was like, Holy man. I was like, can I come out and help you sweep? Because I feel extremely (laughs) bad right now. All I'm doing is sitting here yelling at you, losing my voice. (laughs) But, um, We've worked so hard in our off season, as did have other teams. Um, I feel like I've been in the best shape that I've been in for a very long time. I've been working out five days a week and um, it's really helped. Um, And I got some really good rest. And usually I don't sleep well when I'm away. Um, But I seem to have uh, slept pretty well this week. And uh, the girls just got lots of rest too. There was some. There was quite a bit of downtime between games, so we got some good rest too. So that was key.
0: So, how do you feel about that length of time? So that was 14 games without any tiebreakers. Is is that a reasonable length of time? A uh, number of games in that length of time to play. Or you think it's too many, or would you like to see fewer?
3: Um, it's a lot of games, to be honest. It's especially if you haven't played all year. <laughs> You're just getting thrown into it, and I was a little worried about injuries and stuff. Um, yeah, so hopefully no one got injured, or there's going to be a lot of people who are likely sore. And I know my hip is pretty sore, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it, it's a lot. It's a it's a grind.
0: Something to be looked at going forward because uh, the world championship, and and hopefully there is one. You could probably face. Well, you got twelve round robin games in a world championship, and potential four playoffs. So you could see sixteen games in a world, and it's—I think it's really stretching it, and I think it's something that's going to be looked at moving forward.
3: Yeah, that is—that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of games, but uh, if we get that opportunity, we're ready for it.
0: So, have you heard anything about that?
3: I heard a single thing i'm like someone's gotta
2: fill me in here well warren was pretty funny carrie so i uh last night of course you know after the game and i'm trying to read up about all all the stuff with you and so on and and warren puts a post about about a potential women's world on, <laughs> on 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 facebook last night i was laughing so hard out of my chair i had to phone warren it was like 10 30 at night and Warren's pretty old, so he's probably in bed by then. And I'm, just, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. But it was so funny. But you're right. You know, there's lots of talk and, and rumors and stuff. And, and I agree with you. I just hope it happens so you guys can go and uh, and play those 16 games and, and play like you are
0: right now, because that would be fantastic. I think the best thing was you said, who told you that? I said, no one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just starting rumors. Hey, Warren? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Before I left, my husband says to me, "You know, Carrie, you could be the first women's curler curling team to win two back-to-back titles and not go to a world." I'm like, "Thanks, dear."
1: <laughs> well, that quote, that quote I just read about half an hour ago, it made it to social media. That that oh that really? quote <laughs> Your husband's, um, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's making the biggest <laughs> oh, time. Thanks, Bob. Um, I. Watch, watching the telecast last night, watching the broadcast, there there was a lot of talk, uh, and by the way, high drama. You know, right to the end. Um, That's
3: how I roll.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Do you ever roll that way? Because you win an extra ends last year, or or two, however long ago that is now. Um, you're up seven four. Holman grabs one seven five, and they steal two. Uh, so you go to the the tent. I'm like, oh my god, man. You know, I um, this is this is unbelievable there was tons of talk during the telecast that they said you guys knew the ice better than they did than Mm -hmm. the other team uh and and they were talking often that it was changing by the second by every stone that the ice conditions were they didn't (laughs) want to say horrible you know they credit the ice makers all week um but it looks like you guys manage that better uh is can you talk about that for a sec
3: yeah um I think we caught on to it. Well, we got to play on that sheet earlier. So we knew the spots and what they're going to do. And we noticed that in the Alberta game, it started to come down and get heavier. Um, And that's what it did in this game. And it was curling a lot more than what we have seen in our last games. Um, So just like, if you didn't have a broom on it, it would just grab and go. So we just had to make sure that you were definitely heavy, clean, keeping it out in a good path and then letting it finish. Um, But I definitely was afraid to throw a draw. Not going to (laughs)
2: lie. I got to bring something up, Carrie, because I was yelling at the TV openly yelling at the television in the ninth (laughs) end. And uh, Sean is looking at me like I'm an idiot, but I, I, I was yelling like hit the open one. Hit the open one. So, (laughs) (laughs) were you yelling, do Yeah, yeah. uh, uh, I got to hear, uh, why not hit the open one?
3: Um, That was, to be honest, that was my first gut instinct, was to hit the open, but I was going all out. I'm like, no, I'm confident. I am going to make this. And I was sliding out, and I was like, I am tight. (laughs) like, get it back. (laughs) And well,
2: you are so good for TV. It made such good television by giving up the deuce and nine. And now everybody's fingernails are into their tables. So it was, it, you did a wonderful thing.
0: Let's uh, go back to the, to the conditions for a bit, because we're armchair quarterbacking all week. And we're watching these rocks seemingly take very quick moves. They, they're acting like they're very aggressive, like sharp stones. They looked very release sensitive, worthy. If you got it going at all, it just went. And if you put it back, it might sit and then go. How were you finding that whole thing?
3: Um, On this ice condition, no. Uh, But like earlier in the week, it was really sensitive. If you got it back any bit, it would run for a while. So, and then towards it, we started to see more curl towards the end. And um, if you put it back, it was a little more forgiving.
1: Going into it, uh, Carrie... Uh, and, you know, you've you've curled your whole life in, in, in big events and obvious, you know, the the Scotties uh, this year with the pandemic. Then when 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 you're leading up to it, um, do you did you approach it differently than you would uh, another tournament or another spiel because of this pandemic uh, to take us inside the locker room with you and your team? Uh, about what the meetings were ahead of time or what you thought you had to do differently because of the situation with COVID.
3: Well, going into this event, we are, we're a good team that we start hot right out of the gates. We have for the last few years, like our first few events, we were just excited to get back out there and um, throw again, be with each other. And we just kind of looked at it. It is our first event it's February, but (laughs) it's weird to think that. Right. Um, But we just sat down and said, girls, like, let's not put so much pressure on ourselves. Like, we can't expect to be perfect. We haven't played. We've played like three games and a half of a game. So because we were in Oakville and it got canceled in the sixth end. So, um, yeah, we just kind of just didn't want to put too much pressure on ourselves and just go out and have fun and enjoy ourselves. Have some laughs, joke around. And we did that and it worked. Like we just really embraced being team Canada and not putting that pressure on ourselves.
2: I really liked watching uh, you and Vel work together, not just this year, last year too. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be kind of natural. Um, something. I don't know. I need, I'd like to know from you, um, I guess, her demeanor or, or what is it with, with Val that puts you at ease? Cause to your point in the ninth end, you wouldn't worry, you're just gonna make the shot. You wouldn't have no worry in the world. And that's that's pretty big if a skip gets into that comfort zone somehow. Mm-hmm. So I guess I want to know uh, what 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 does Val bring that's was really helped you along?
3: Val's just so intelligent and so like smart with the game and she just knows everything. <laughs> like I just feel so comfortable. Like when she reassures me that when I put the broom down, she tells me, Love it. I'm like, okay and then just throw it and you know she's such an amazing teammate and her and I had so many laughs out there together this year um we were just joking around and just having fun and um like if we had like a funny release or speed wobble whatever we would just joke around and um but I'm so lucky to have her as my third she's she brings so much to this team
1: when you win the semis uh, and you're about to go to your, uh, you know, final again, uh, two years in a row, you you know, it's Rachel. uh, Cause she, you know, she got there by beating you guys in the round Robin. Uh, Do you approach the game against her, this, this final, that was so dramatic and so good. Um, We don't want you to give away any secrets about how good your team is, but what was the pregame like and the meeting? And did you, did you, do something different that you were and suggest something different to your team or come up with something different that this is how we're going to curl against Rachel homing.
3: No, we didn't really have like a big plan going into it. We just wanted to play our game. Don't get sucked into the middle too much um, and make sure I have a shot. Um, sometimes we can get caught up in too much into the middle. And then I'm looking at throwing triple (laughs) or you know or drawn to the pin for one um so just making sure we're always keeping the middle open leaving me a shot for one or
0: multiple so just shifting gears you're playing in a building with no fans completely empty wasn't probably too bad when there was four games in the ice but when you got down to those single games how strange was that to be playing in a canadian (laughs) championship final and you could probably hear a pin drop when you went to throw your stone no music no fans no nothing
3: Well, earlier in the week, we got to experience that. So I think we had a bit of an edge um, because we had to play that makeup game against um, Carrie Galusha. So it was quiet, but we're like, hey, this is what the final is going to be like or the semis or whatever. And so let's really listen, like hear those sounds or, you know, like I could hear (laughs) Beck all the time talking up there. Really? (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. Um, you could hear the time clock, people having a full out conversation. (laughs) Um, then we found ourselves whispering. We're like, why are we whispering? No, just be ourselves out there. Just talk. And we had to be the energize energizer bunnies for ourselves. You know, like we had to pump each other up because you don't have that crowd. You don't have your family cheering for you. And, that's kind of we celebrated all the small things like the hits or just like just a guard just yes great shot you know just always making sure that we are keeping our energy up and um staying sharp
0: so there was no pregame music or any music at any point in time it's just dead sound all the time why didn't he play, play music anybody ever say anything about doing anything like that
3: they play music during our practices and stuff, okay. but not during
0: the games. Not, di- not during the breaks, no. No. Okay.
1: Um, there's always a great story that comes along, uh, Carrie, with each Briar And uh, on TV, we we fell in love with the skip from Quebec, uh, and and she was fabulous and and this sort of bright light um, and and sort of never stopped smiling. What what was she like to curl against uh, and, and and take us to that experience to, as a competitor?
3: Uh, I, uh, really enjoyed playing against her. They are a great young team and they make a ton of shots. Right. First. And she's throwing a triple against me. Yeah, she missed it the first time. And I left it again for her the second time she made it. I was like, ah, <laughs> 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 but, uh, they're great shooters. They, they made us work and we had to make those precise shots. We had to have really good rock placement, um, if we want to win that game. So, and their energy out there, they're they're just so supportive of each other. They're laughing and just really enjoying themselves. And that's what gets you further because <laughs> it worked with us because we were laughing as well before games were dancing. And then the Quebec team is also dancing at the other end. So yeah, um, <laughs> They were lots of fun to play against, and um, they made a lot of shots.
1: Walk us through. Uh, you win it. Uh, you don't have to throw your last boulder there. That was uh, uh, did, did. First of all, were you getting ready to? I'm I'm sure you were. And uh, before Holman jumps into the hack, there's only you know final stones left for for each skip. Uh, walk us through that when you're when you're when she's in there. Um, how how are you preparing here for you? There's two things that are going to happen, or make possibly three. Um, what, what was your strategy? What were you thinking at that time before Rachel delivered that rock?
3: Well, Val and I just kind of looked at each other and we were like, okay, what are you thinking here? And I said, well, if she makes the perfect freeze, we likely have to follow her down or we make a no- perfect nose hit, which it's tough to do. Um, my sweepers they were like oh gosh I don't know what draw weight is we're like we haven't thrown a draw in a while so they were following Rachel's down and um making sure if I had to throw it that they were going to be confident in telling me what to throw um so I was either going to throw a big hit right (laughs) or draw for the win (laughs)
1: um and then of course not many end that way where you don't have to throw your final stone. Uh, I, I, I was watching every second of it and there was kind of this, you know, I felt like it was right there, you know, kind of shivering because we want, we, you've got the karma, you know, from inside curling, we had you on, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for you. And, and then everyone's sort of sitting there. All you guys gathered around the, the 12 foot, almost watching this thing. And then, it, and then it swept through um, what, what an occasion for you, uh, you know, double champion, Let's let's hear what happened between then and where you are now. Uh, what, what is there a party going on? Or I mean, I know with COVID. It's kind of crazy. Or have you guys been up all night? Uh, what, what's what's happening? You're you're in Winnipeg now. You got back when?
3: Um, I got back uh, this morning. Or well, I flew out this morning and then uh, got home about two thirty. And uh, yeah, we didn't really have too much of a party last night. Had a couple of drinks together just talked and stayed up till about three o'clock and then had to get up at seven. So I was, I'm a little tired. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, and hopefully we can celebrate at some point. Uh, I've got a gazillion messages from everyone and uh, just feeling the love and the support. It's really uh, an amazing feeling. And I know we can't go and celebrate with everyone in a group like we did last year, but, uh, all the messages really do help.
2: Well, you deserve to be, you deserve to be tired because it's a good tired.
3: <laughs> <It is. laughs>
0: so you're hoping for a world championship and I guess this being the strange year that it is, might there be any chance for you to be able to throw stones in Manitoba anywhere if in fact this was to happen later in the year?
3: Yeah. Um, I'm hoping my, uh, club in petersfield is going to keep in their ice i know they had said they would keep it until april but maybe we can kind of push it a little longer um would have to talk with curling canada to see if they can help out in any type of a way um they have such great ice in petersfield so it would be nice to kind of replicate what the is going to be like or slam ice is going to be like yeah. um so yeah, it's got lots of swing and it's Dale Lott does it. So Colton's dad and he does
1: a wonderful job. Uh, you, you made some nice comments about your finalist, uh, about the Rachel Holman team. Um, is it, she the toughest competitor? Of course, the story of the week is, uh, you know, of her being eight months pregnant. And I, I couldn't believe it when I started to, to be honest with you. I go, how is she going to get down in the hack? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, to do this. Uh, but you were very kind about it. Uh, Is is she obviously she's a great player and, and you faced her before give us an idea of how, how tough she is to play against and, and, and her remarkable circumstance that she did this week.
3: I've got so much respect for Rachel and her team. They are amazing. Um, They are great shooters and they are one of the best in the world. And, um, for her being eight months pregnant. Wow. <laughs> she did an amazing job. When she had come flying out of that hack, I was like, Oh, like <laughs> I know. for someone who hasn't really been able to throw, I was like, wow. <laughs> Very impressed. Cause I don't know if I'd be able to do it. Um, but yeah, she's, she's pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no kidding. I really, I really appreciate you taking the time
2: i know how busy you are and uh we we just love that you came on yes, So thank, thank you. you very much
3: oh no problem thanks for having me i enjoyed it
1: <laughs> what's happening tonight though hang on i'm I'm trying to promote a party here is there something going you have a few people in have, throw the masks <laughs> on and let's have a cocktail tonight
3: i got nothing i got nothing
1: <laughs> you got nothing all right
3: I can't even go in my hot tub
1: <laughs> congratulations carrie thanks a lot for doing this uh you're you're a fantastic champion and and back to back uh is even is even more remarkable. Well done.
3: Thank you guys for having me. Well, boys, uh wasn't that something,
1: Kevin? A nice, nice catch uh to get uh, Carrie Anderson on. Of course, your your fresh champion uh off the Scotties. Uh, wonderful, wonderful girl. Uh I I love the reaction uh from someone when you say, How did, how did that go for you? How was that? And they're just like pretty good man <laughs> you know winning, winning that thing is it always gives me a little shiver you know uh yeah we we and you know didn't think uh at the time uh you know when they started curling years ago that this sort of dream would come true and uh boy what a big dream she's accomplished i thought she was great kevin
2: yeah it really really was and, and and what a dream come true yeah back to back champ so uh yeah it was great to have her on and I'm, I'm i was so glad to she's able to take the time and obviously being pulled a thousand different ways right now, you know, with right. uh, such an accomplishment.
1: You had mentioned, Kev, during that interview that you thought uh, near the end. Uh, you know, everyone had spoken about the uncertainty of how this is going to go. Uh, you know, with no practice, uh, you know, the pandemic and and bubbling as I as I call it now. Um, everyone who was weighing in on it on the Scotty said it, it's going to be a question of fitness. It's going to be a question of who's. Less tired, almost, and uh, and you thought visibly, Kevin, w- watching that, that she she looked the freshest playing in the final. Uh,
2: the the last day, I totally thought that uh, Jennifer Jones, who uh, I think the world of, she looked tired to me in in her game, and then uh, and Laura, of course, Laura has got a, f- a five month old that was there with Jeff, and you know there would have been very little sleep, of course. That's what five months old's do and uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you know uh, for them to hang in there was great but same thing very very tired and not not their fault by any means and then of course rachel did fantastic but but was tuckered out at the end too so you know i just think that uh uh team anderson just did it right they were they were they were
1: ready they were ready to win again and, and they deserved it yeah Warren, what what what'd you think of it? i mean these are you know extenuating circumstances um and 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 yet they were able to pull off this, this Briar. Uh, what did you think about our answers, Warren, with the length of games and how many games they have to play?
0: Well, I think again, as Kevin suggested, it was a great accomplishment for them under very difficult circumstances. And I, I mean, even now talking to her last night about, well, how are you going to celebrate? Well, we're just going to kind of stay home tonight and maybe do a couple of zoom calls, which has got to feel very unusual. When you win something like a Canadian championship, You want to be able to celebrate that for about a week and very difficult to be more or less now confined to your home. And I think in Manitoba, if I'm not uh, wrong, they have to quarantine for 14 14 days once they go back home. So great accomplishment under very difficult circumstances. So good on them.
1: Yeah, I had told her, you know, she got a little inside curling karma, a little bit of luck. We had her on, of course, several weeks ago Uh, and then and then, you know, to get her back on. Uh, after, you know, right after she won, this thing was great. Uh,
2: I think, I think Jimmy, it's really important for people to get on here
1: if they're going to win. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now another guy, okay, who's maybe got the luck? Maybe we gave him the rub of the rub of the inside curling. Uh, the men's briar course starts in in a couple of days. Uh, Brendan Botcher joins us now, uh, who's come off an incredible, uh, uh, you know, last three briars of silvers. Um, so maybe this is the year for him. I think it will be. Uh, Brendan, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. How are you? Yeah, thank you.
4: I, I'm great. Uh, I I hope a little bit of that love will rub off. You know, maybe that's what we've been missing here the last couple of years.
1: Of course, that voice you're hearing is Brendan Botcher. Uh, walk, walk us through the, the prep for this, uh, Brendan. I know, you know, practice has been so limited. As I said earlier, it's just crazy circumstances to try and get ready for uh, you know, such a big event. For
4: sure, you know the this year was uh, unique <laughs> to say the least. I can say though, the last month has felt a little bit closer to usual, at least on the practice front. So we were uh, we were given an exemption from Alberta Health to to do some practicing in a very structured kind of way. And although it wasn't you know what we'd usually be doing, it was a way for us to get out there. It was a way for us to have a whole bunch of reps. Um, and, and I do think a lot of the top teams around the country are finding a way to, to get some degree of practice before they head into the bubble. So I, I do think the off the hot, maybe there'll be a little bit of rust. Mm-hmm. There are some things you can't practice. Uh, you just can't replicate from a game, but I, I do think the
1: top teams will be ready to go. Brendan, you had a chance to watch the Scotties. Uh, we, you would, you and I talked for a couple of minutes before the show, um, I, I want your thoughts on that. One one of the things I thought right away for you going into the briar was the, the ice appeared a little tricky and I thought, okay, are the boys, are the botcher boys looking at this watching going, okay, th- this may be a bit of a different deal. Um, wh- what did you think while you were watching the Scotties? Cause you're going to play in the same venue.
4: Yeah. So I thought the, the ice and the rocks, there were definitely a few challenges through the week. Um, you know, we played our whole year this year in curling clubs as as little of a season we had, but it was entirely in curling clubs, which is a little unique for us too. So we did have some exposure to some uh, different conditions, some maybe not not perfect conditions. Um, and, you know, it, you really just got to do the best with what, what you've got. I thought the ice, though, was definitely playable. Uh, even in the final there, I thought the quality was quite high. There were a ton of good shots being made. Um, and I, I really watched the Scotties kind of, uh, I would parrot what a lot of you guys have said, um, off the hop, it, it seemed like there was maybe a little bit of rust, but pretty quick, you know, the teams that were going to be around on the closing weekend, uh, started playing as good as they usually do. And that was nice to watch.
0: Harry uh, she seemed to think that the uh, the rocks were getting better as the week went on. She thought from the start to the finish it had improved. So now the interesting thing, will the ice technicians touch those rocks up again before the, uh, the briar? What do you think they'll do?
4: well i would certainly hope so (laughs) you know that's a lot of games as it is with uh the rocks being scratched once and to run a full briar and have another uh 20 or 30 draws or however many times those rocks will get played again they would get quite straight by the end of the briar if they were not retouched um and historically i would say they try and get even a little bit more curl for the briar than they than they have at the scotties um so I certainly hope they're getting retouched up. It's not surprising to me at all after they're freshly sharpened. There there are some differences that wear in as the week goes on. So what Carrie said definitely makes some sense that as the week went on, maybe she felt a little more confident in the rocks because the differences were getting a little smaller.
2: When was your last curling game? Because it's really important uh, the 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 gamemanship on the ice, not just throwing the rock well and getting your sweepers, you know, warmed up so their hands don't start to bleed like uh, like Team Anderson's did during the the Scotties. But when was your last curling game? What was your last uh, game and who was it against? Do you remember? It's a while ago.
4: Yeah, our, our last game would have been uh, second or third week in November out in Penticton. Uh, we played a semifinal against Glenn Howard. Um, had him the whole game and let him off the hook right at the end.
2: So it sounds like you you remember it well, it sounds like.
4: <laughs> yes, I remember the last call quite well.
2: <laughs> so then, okay, so now you're going to enter the bubble uh, on, uh, wait a second, tomorrow. Now, now, we tape on Tuesdays, so people understand you're going in on Wednesday into the bubble. Um, and the protocols are?
4: Um, well, we have to drive straight there. No, no stops. We have to come with a negative test um, that we will have gotten here three days prior to arriving. And then as soon as we arrive, we get a day zero test uh, straight to quarantine in in our own hotel rooms, all of us separate. Um, and then once we get that day zero test back, so Probably on day one or day two, we'll get that first test back. Then we're allowed to go to the rink and start practicing.
2: And that's on Thursday, Brennan?
4: The hope is Thursday. So the women, I know there were some teams that didn't get their day zero test back quick enough. So some of that practicing, I think got pushed. Um, but the hope is that we're practicing on Thursday. and then there's a day two
1: test that also has to come back before we truly get to start playing. We know you're gonna we know you're gonna win this thing. We know you're you know you're gonna kick everyone's ass. You're gonna zip right through to the to the worlds. Um if if you if you do, uh Brendan, will you end up staying down in Calgary that whole time with the team?
4: Yeah. So as soon as the as soon as the Briar's done, I'm actually playing in the mixed doubles as well. So I'll be staying from the Briar uh that following week to the start of the mixed doubles and then throughout the whole mixed doubles. So at a at the minimum, I'll be there for about four weeks. And then if we were to win the briar and I, I get to stay even longer, that would be awesome.
2: <laughs> oh, Brendan, there's a possible, well, well, hang on here. Let's just, let's, let's back it up here. So, so you're, <laughs> yeah. you'll enter the bubble on Wednesday uh, uh, for everybody just tuning in when this, when this comes off, that's Thursday, that'll be yesterday. Um, and then the briar and then the mixed doubles. And if you win the briar men's worlds, but I don't think there's enough time for you to go home before the first Slam. Or the second slam. And I think the second slam end, ends about April 25th or 26th. So you're telling me you could be in the bubble. Well, how, how, that's forever. <laughs>
4: that's, that's, <laughs> it's <wild>. Wait, it's <laughs> a forever bubble. <laughs> that's how many, how,
2: how many weeks is bubble that? Bubble yeah, like, I'm
4: fully expecting, anticipating, hoping to be there for that time. I mean, if that's truly what <laughs> happens, we've done well. And I'll be more than happy to be locked up in the hotel room. I I handled uh, being alone pretty well. I was an only child, so I'm pretty used to that. Um, I can also work remotely, so I can bring my laptop down and do a whole bunch of work in the downtime and at least fill the hours. So I think I'll be a little better off than uh, some other people that are down there with not a lot to do.
2: Well, and Bobby's your partner, right? In the mixed doubles. So she'll be with you at least for some of it or all of it
4: for some of it so she'll have to come down and get her own room for the first three four days as well and then once she gets all of her tests back negative then we can start uh being together i think that's (laughs) (laughs) that's the last i heard but you know everything changes so fast so but at
2: least that'll help though to have, have bobby there in the middle like you've already played the briar and then a bit of a all right thank goodness and then you know, and then you can go to the slams and so on. Interesting. I I was wondering about that. I didn't know exactly how that schedule of yours would be. So, yeah, thanks for that. Wow.
1: Brendan, you're about to play an event uh, like none other uh, in the sense there will be no crowds. Uh, And, 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 you know, when we talked to Carrie about that uh, she said, yeah, it was kind of, kind of weird, you know um, no music, no crowds. They could even, it it was so quiet. Uh, They could even hear, the commentators, you know, talking about it, they could hear a cell phone go off, you know, <laughs> from, from somewhere. Uh, and she found it very strange. Uh, and in the end, uh, you know, she had talked about her with her team saying, let's, let's just try and forget it. You know, uh, there, there's going to be little noises that we're going to hear and off we go. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Brenda, I, I, I can only imagine that you haven't played many high level events without a crowd.
4: No, that's for sure. And I did find that a little unique watching the Scotties too. You know, they make an absolutely amazing shot and the crowd goes wild and (laughs) and nothing happens. (laughs) And that that was a little unique. Um, it, It just is what it is. You know, for us, we play a lot of spiels still in curling clubs. So used to having not a lot of noise there, but you still always have teams on other sheets. You've got stuff going on. There's often even people inside that you can hear when you're out on the ice so it will be different um but uh i would say of all the things that are different this year that's uh uh
1: not as important as some of the other yeah. things clear clearly yeah um what did you think of the final in the scotties uh about i mean it was high drama as i said right right down to the i was going to say the last rock but it was right down to the second last rock um what what did yeah. you take away from it
4: So I thought it was a great game. And Carrie and the girls really came to play. And you could see that off the hop. Um, I thought the first half of the game, um, they had lots of chances that they capitalized on some of them, but not all of them. And I was sitting at home feeling a little nervous for them because usually against a team like Holman, you got to you got to take your chances when you get them. And they were, they were lucky. They played the second half, I think, even better than they played the first half. And they didn't give Rachel much of a chance to get back in the game. Um, but it was good. It was good to see all the competitiveness. It was good to see the emotion at the end. Uh, and I thought it was quite a well-played curling game. So it was fun to watch.
0: Let's get into some technical elements. Kevin, you were going to talk to Brennan a bit about uh, the practice issue. Do you want to get into that? And then I'll maybe talk a little bit about the tiebreaker situation.
2: Yeah, sure, Warren. Um, yeah, all it was, uh, talking to Carrick, of course, about uh, the pre-game practice, and uh, he, uh, he was just telling me, make sure I'm right too, Brendan, before uh, we go on, but I, I believe um, first practice you have to do uh, an outturn and an in-turn uh, during your first practice. So I guess my concern with that is how would you ever keen up both sides of the ice that quickly to have a, even a chance of hitting the button but then the second practice uh, has a much better chance of hitting the button, in my opinion. It seems to be quite lopsided, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the fairness of, of the draw of the button, whereas it used to be one draw, so you do your practice and say you guys would have the outturn, then the other team would have an in turn. That seemed really fair to me. You'd keen up one side and then have the draw of the button. The other team keens up the other side, draws the button. Great chance to to both be kind of equal. At trying to get last rock your thoughts on on the change to uh, both directions on the first practice because it seems to me it's a huge advantage for second practice
4: yeah so i i would agree with you kevin for sure um and you're 100 percent right as you described uh, how that's going to go um they I believe the change was made in part to align with the world curling federation what they do for the world championships what they'll probably do for the olympics Uh, so in that sense it's good to have our top teams have some practice with that in in some ways i do understand that the draw the button was getting almost too easy in a lot of cases they had to start triangulating because people would cover the button too many times I remember watching you and you would play Glenn Howard and you both cover five or six times and then eventually someone would miss by half an inch. And in some ways this makes it quite a bit harder um, because like you say, it's just hard to get both sides keened up. Um, But I would also say that uh, in solving that problem, they created a new one, which is that second practice became a whole lot easier than it did before. Um, and I think there's a huge advantage now to having second practice. Um, not only the other team spends their whole practice breaking in the ice for you, but you can also time both sides as you're going and really have a sense uh, of where you need to be off the hop, where the first team is spending their whole practice just trying to figure it out.
2: Well, it seemed to me too, on the, uh, during the Scotties, you're watching the ice get quite flat near the end of the game. Well, that's sort of, <laughs> well, no doubt you're 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 using up the whole sheet in practice not just once but then twice and then a 10 end game you know and and uh, russ on the tsn broadcast said well we should put a button over by the wall somewhere and draw to it well you know that, that makes no sense it, it, it's just kind of guys uh you're you, you you make a change but it, but then that change is causing a bunch of other changes and i, I think that's kind of the the big picture look that somebody needs to have a look going. It used to be pretty smart: two rocks up, two rocks back. Draw the button, triangulate. That would work, and you're not wrecking the surface because the most important, in in my opinion, the most important part is that last couple of ends, being able to draw the button and make big shots in the ninth and tenth ends to win the game. Like, I, this isn't this isn't rocket science or anything? But the problem with what's going on now is that. You flatten the surface so much, it's really hard. And that was in now, and that was in the Scotties where the Briar, you've got even bigger sweepers, like m- more muscle. So more uh hurting the pebble. So the ice is even going to get flatter. I, I think. So I'm kind of worried about that a little bit going forward. And I do understand your point though, <clears throat> excuse me, about it being at the world's and the Olympic Games. So yes, it, it's huge for you guys, the Canadian teams, to to deal with the world in Olympic situation, but it just makes me scratch my head as well, why would they have done it?
4: Yeah. And and I agree with you there for sure. And unfortunately, you know, in the system we had before, we threw a, a much smaller number of rocks because we were only down the one path. We were really trying to nail it, wear the path in, but also get a few good reps on the sweeping side. And now that we're playing both paths, really the only way to keen it in is to throw more rocks. So we're using the same nine-minute practice, but throwing one and a half or two times as many rocks. And if you think about that by both teams, that's a few extra ends worth of curling that's happening on the ice. So by all means, it's going to break down the pebble more. And I would agree. You want your pebble to be the best at the end of the game when someone's drawing the button to win and the crowd goes wild. You you really hate to see draw the button to win and someone throws a halfway guard. That's not very exciting.
0: Let's talk about something else that's different between Canada and the world. and, And I guess that's tiebreakers. So... The World Men's and Women's Championship now has 13 teams and 12 round-robin games, and then if you take the four-page games, there's a possibility of 16 games. But they have eliminated tiebreakers. If we're into this event that you're going into right now, we talked to Carrie about this. She played 14 games, Um, had Walker or – Jones made it to the final. They would have played 15 because they had to play that one tiebreaker. And I wasn't sure what Curling Canada was doing. I thought, by the way, they had a lot of time. They were only going to have the one tiebreaker. But I inquired to find out if there had been three teams tied for that last playoff spot. There would have been a game at midnight on Saturday which I'm going like, wow, that would have been way too much. So what's your view with this whole tiebreaker situation? Should they do the same as the WCF has done? Basically go through ranking? Should they have one tiebreaker round? Uh, Play whatever tiebreaker rounds are necessary? What do you think?
4: I I think it's ridiculous to have a situation where you're playing uh, one, maybe two games a day all week, and then on playoff Sunday, you've got to play four games within about 16 hours to try and win the Scotties or the Briar. So I think that that scenario is even conceivable is a flaw, a big flaw in the structure. Um, You want to be rewarding teams that have proper rest and preparation and doing the right things. You don't want to be rewarding teams that can just go like the Energizer bunny for a few more hours. Um, And I I think adding teams uh, has a lot of value in a lot of other aspects, but... I think curling Canada really needs to start being cognizant of how many games we all have to play at these national championships they get longer and longer every year. There's more teams, there's more games. Um, and at some point, uh, I just don't feel like you're rewarding the right things anymore. Um, and it becomes a bit of a battle of attrition as opposed to a high quality throughout the whole, uh, tournament. Um, so I, I agree uh, entirely. I think, um, I think Curling Canada would be wise to eliminate tiebreakers altogether. I think the sample size for the draw the button is high enough now, that's a, that's a skill-based competition in itself. And, and that teams that do well, at that should be rewarded by not having to play those tiebreaker
1: games. Brendan, you've, uh, as, as we all know, and no one would know better than you, you're, you've been a runner up, uh, well, three years in a row, right? Um, at the briar and you're coming in this year of course the the obvious is i want to win this thing i I want the gold um when you look back Brendan, at the last three years and your last last three times at the briar going in this year would would you do anything different than you did over those last three years i start by saying you know losing sucks
4: (laughs) (laughs) and certainly losing three times in a row really right um and the second the tournament's done, you start reflecting on how it all went and you think about all the things you learned and all the things you could have done differently. And you, it's really easy to get yourself worked up about that. Um, I, I don't think that's uh, so productive. So I'm really proud of how we've done the last three years for completely different reasons. All three of those years were huge successes in my eyes. And I think we learned a ton from each of them. And you got to take those learnings and try and do just that little bit better next year. And really, even over the last three years, I can say we've done that. So all three times, yes, we lost the final, but we were noticeably better each year of those last three. And I, I hope we can continue that up. Um, but you're always going to have good hindsight. You're always going to be able to look back and find the few things you wish you would have done differently, mm-hmm. could have done different, could have prepared better, but in the moment, you did what you could,
1: and you just have to be okay with that. Have you scouted teams? Uh, do you guys do that, uh, like, like hockey? Look at a bunch of video or a bunch of, of games that other teams have played that you are going to come up against in this briar?
4: We have. Um, to be honest, it's not my favorite thing to do. Um, I'm not a fan of adjusting what we do very much based on who we're playing. I, I really feel like our way is successful and and if we can do our way as good as we can we will win and that uh purposely excludes what the other team can do in the middle there you know you're always going to run up against someone that plays a hundred percent or makes a hero shot somewhere along the road and it's it's almost impossible to defend against some of those things i mean there's always going to be that 30-foot angle run back for four and you can't always take it away so uh, you just got to do what you can as good as you can and, and hope that works on the day.
2: Well, that seems reasonable to me because as I look at the uh, field, <laughs> I'm going to get your thoughts on the field. Uh, it's pretty much all the top 10 um, incredible field. Uh, and so, yeah, you're going to, we, you know, you talked about the expanding the field a little bit with more games. Well, it is unfortunate. You have to curl that many games, but from a fan's point of view, like me, Everybody's in this Briar. (laughs) You've got uh Jacobs and Epping Gushu Botcher, number one, two, three, four in Canada, but also one, two, three, four in the world. And then you go to McEwen, who's number five but number seven in the world, and 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 so on. You and then cooey Dunstone, Howard, and you name it. It's everybody. Uh, I I think it's gonna be a fantastic week. Um, again, it's just gonna get real tough near the end. And to your point about scouting. Uh, These guys, you know, pretty well.
4: Yeah, there's really not a whole bunch of secrets out there anymore. We've uh, all the top teams play each other so much every year that there's not a whole lot of secrets that are left. I think uh, every four years, uh, everyone hides a couple secrets that they try and pull out at the trials. Uh, So I'm sure there will be that again next December. Uh, But otherwise, I think it's uh, there's not a whole lot. To be discovered of those top teams and i i do think that the field this year is absolutely amazing i think the quality of the curling will be outstanding and i really think because the field is so deep a lot of those must win games are going to come a lot earlier in the week they're there going to be games on sunday monday tuesday that yeah you can lose them and you're not out of it yet but if you lose them are you still going to be in it on thursday friday saturday and i i think For that reason, a lot of the early games are going to be even more important this year.
0: We talk about the top teams, and of course we know that there's a a number of teams, about eight, that we wouldn't consider in that category. Uh, Is there a dark horse in that group that you think uh, could come up and surprise and maybe give everybody something to think about this week?
4: You know, they talked about it at the Scotties a little bit, uh, and it didn't come to fruition, I would say. But I do think they're uh, this year especially – there are teams that have had more access to curling than others. There are teams uh, maybe on the East Coast that uh, their provinces did a little bit better on the COVID risk management front. So their curling clubs were allowed to stay open. So they were able to play some spiels, maybe not against the top teams, but they were able to play. I mean, we I talked with Kevin a little earlier that, you know, it's been three months since I played a curling game and and yes you can practice and yes you can do all the reps but there are some things that are hard to replicate and there are teams that have been curling mostly business as usual for the whole time so i definitely think early um there would be some dark horses that are probably generated by that Uh, i'm hoping that 10 or 12 or 15 games later uh that's all been equalized
2: yeah I, i do uh I think James Gratton, because he's got lots of experience and a really good curler, obviously, you have to look at him early in the week going, you know what, uh, James James could do some damage early. I agree with you 100% with that. Greg Smith, even, you know, he, he's made a lot of shots if you watched him over the years um, out of Newfoundland and another real good player. But you're right. Later in the week, it may come around that they're not quite as strong. But I think they're going to start out strong. Um, A lot like the women's. We saw that happen uh, in the Scotties as well. But to your point, by the end of the week, the teams were catching up. But early in the week, you were absolutely right. You could see the difference. The teams that got to play basically a full season rather than the teams that come into it as favorites but hadn't curled much. And you go, ooh, there's some some chunks of rust on the ice when they uh, were done their first game or two.
4: Yeah. Uh, watching the first couple of draws, I was thinking, uh, wow, like you're always going to get misses, but just the the degree of the miss, how much people were missing by was just astronomical. And then as the week went on, you saw less and less and less of that. Um, and by the playoffs, I would say it was just as good of curling as it would have been last year at the Scotties. So I I think there'll be some degree of that here. Um I think there were a few more men's events that happened this year on tour than there were women's events. I know, especially out in Alberta, um, the women's teams didn't get an event to play in. uh, And we had three, we could have had four or five. We just didn't go to all the ones that ran. So I do think maybe some of the men's teams had a a few more games than some of the women's teams did, but uh, how much does curling a few games six months ago help you? I'm not sure.
1: I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Brendan, are, are you bringing a coach with your team? Uh, do you use a coach? If if, if yes, uh, can you explain to us how that role works? We only see it as fans, a coach walking on the ice every once in a while uh, to, to help out about a decision of, of what, what stone you're going to throw. And if you don't have a coach, why not?
4: Yeah, so we, uh, we do have a coach, uh, a fellow that Kevin knows quite well. Uh, For the second year in a row here, we're bringing uh, Don Bartlett with us to the Briar as our coach, who was uh, Kevin's longtime lead for a whole bunch of years. They won a whole bunch together. Um, And unfortunately, I think curling coaches uh, get a bad rap from the TV angle because really once the game starts, there's very, very little your coach can do. Um, Yes, they can come out for a couple minutes and uh, give their opinion on one or two shots, they can maybe pull you aside and whisper a couple words in your ear a few times throughout the game, but I think the vast majority of what coaches are bringing to curling happens outside of the the in-game environment. Uh, So Don's been working with us a whole bunch over the last few months, even when we weren't able to get on the ice, just walk us through different situations, try and facilitate conversation off the ice. And then now in this last month, we've been able to get back out practicing. Uh, He's really been cracking the whip and making sure we're uh, we're where we need
1: to be. Any sports psychology that your team, your team uses?
4: Yeah. So like a lot of other teams, we're searching for that extra couple percent somewhere. So we, we do work with someone on that front as well. Um, and I've actually had quite a positive experience this year on that front. So uh, we've had a lot of conversations that, you know, maybe I've had with Carrick or I've had with Darren or Darren's had with Carrick, but have the four of us really sat down as a, at a table and talked about this all together. And you you play with guys for so long, there's a whole, a whole bunch of communication that's unspoken. You just know what the other guy's thinking, you know what they're feeling. And it's it's good every once in a while to check in on some of those things and really verbalize uh, where everyone's at. And you realize that, you know, we were almost on the same page, but
1: uh, uh, maybe of a different book sometimes. <laughs> um, lots of athletes like yourself, good athletes like yourself, have some superstitions. Uh, Kevin, I, I, I forget how long ago it was now, Kevin, but you told us about John Morris wearing dirty socks, uh, every, <laughs> every, every draw, uh, I, you know, wherever you were at that time. And, uh, he, I, I think in the middle of a game, Kevin, he ran, he ran back to the locker room, the dressing room and put his socks back on. How about you guys? Uh, Brandon, any, any quirky stuff that your team does, uh going, going into the event or during events? Yeah, I
4: can't say. Personally, I have a whole bunch of quirks that way. Um, I would say I'm more superstitious in my day-to-day life than I am in my curling life. In curling, I've really tried to trick myself that it comes down to preparation. It comes down to working hard. It comes down to practice. And uh, to be successful really doesn't rely a whole bunch on superstition. Um, So I'm sure some of my guys have some unique things that they do, but I can't really uh, pin... Uh, something personally that I have that would be a superstition. Uh,
1: but what I, I just wanted to f- go, go back about the bubble. Uh, Cause I, we'd asked Carrie about this as well. Uh, you had mentioned for the first three days uh, when, when you're in Calgary, I, I gather you're strict, strictly alone by yourself for those three days. What are you, what are you going to do about, getting together off the ice with your team what's allowed can you can you get together for meals can you all gather in one of the guys rooms as long as it's you you just stay within the four or five guys including your coach how's that going to work
4: well i think the rules might have changed for the girls a couple times while they were down there so uh, i don't want to be pinned down to something and then get a whole bunch of kickback when what i'm saying right now isn't 100 percent accurate Um, I know that we're allowed to go to the rink to watch other games. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, by all means, I'm sure we'll have to be socially distant. We'll have to wear masks. But I do think the six of us can go to the rink and watch a draw that we're not playing in. Uh, I do think we can go back to the hotel and have a team meeting in someone's room. Again, where we're all distant and masked and all of those Mm -hmm. things. I don't believe they're allowing you to have meals as a team together, because that would be a moment where you're all maskless. Right. Um, but again, I, <laughs> I would hate to say something and then uh, have a whole bunch of people point out that I'm wrong. So I was just going to say, I'm looking forward to getting down there and hearing what the rules are and just going with the flow.
1: Brendan, uh, we want to wish you a lot of luck. Uh, you know, we're, we're, Alberta-based here. Kevin and I, we're, in the West, uh, we're on the West Coast and uh, we'll be pulling for you. My hope for you is that we have you back on uh, two shows from now because it'll be because you won the thing. Although we'd have you on anytime you want, Brendan. So best of luck with uh, you and your team. And uh, boy, they're, they're, they're crazy circumstances. Uh, and we really hope everything works out for you and that you win the Briar. Uh, all the best, Brendan. Thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, good luck. Yeah, thanks, guys.
2: Thanks, Brandon. Hey, thanks a lot,
1: Brendan. Uh, Kevin, you uh, obviously you're cheering for this team. By the way, if you didn't know, your son Karik is 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 on Botcher's team. Uh, what'd you think of Brendan? what'd you think of his take? I'd like you know when he said, "I'll tell you what I take away, Jimmy, from the last three years that I curled because they won silver. Losing sucks. Losing <laughs> losing really sucks. But it really really sucks when you, <laughs> when you when you when you haven't won three years in a row and you got that close."
2: Well, you know what? I think he's right. Um, you know, very positive attitude, but losing does suck. But I'll tell you what: in in, in life, I think you you never learn when you win. You, see, you win a game and then you get off and you're cheering and you rah rah rah. But there's no reflection back about winning. But when you lose, you can look at the game and and that's how you that's how you learn is by losing right. and you get better by by losing. And, uh, those losses can, can really pull vault you to winning. And, um, so the attitude is, is fantastic. I think Brennan really sees the world fairly clearly. I think.
1: You're the best curler in the world, Kevin, uh, we're named that explain that then when, when you, when you did lose, uh, how do you handle it? What, what would happen immediately after the game, Kevin, and how would you break it down and what did you do with your team after a loss?
2: Yeah, I don't know about so much doing it with the team, but I, I don't think anybody lost more than me in in the history of curling. I think we lost, certainly lost the most big games, uh, definitely. Um, but luckily, we're in a lot of big games, and uh, I think it's really important that you you take those losses and, and think about what you could have done to be better. The school of hard knocks is a wonderful school. It's mean, you know. You, it, it's a hard a school but you, but you learn so much. And uh, so you battle and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose when you're playing against the best people in the world. If you can manage to win half the time in the big finals, Mm -hmm. you've done really, really well. And that's the way I always looked at it. Uh, Same as Brennan. I always looked at the work ethic. I I always worked harder than anybody else. I don't think anybody would argue that in the the history of the game. And uh, with that effort, you win your fair share. So the harder you work, your fair share goes up. And that's the way I right. always looked at life. And I think Brendan looks at it the same way. Work your butt off and you'll, you'll win your stuff.
1: Right. Warren, if you were curling in this briar under all these circumstances, you've, you've curled your whole life, you've been around it your whole life. Um, you know, obviously you've never curled under this situation. Uh, what would you do, Warren, if coming into this briar as a front-running team?
0: I think nothing much different than what I've heard. I think it's a step-by-step thing as to how you prepare yourself for major competition. Everybody does it a little bit differently. Some people are going to be very serious, analyze everything, and try to take the approach that's step by step. Other people will be more sort of relaxed about it and, and, and wish to take, a, in some cases, even almost a jovial attitude about, about what they're doing because it's how they deal with the pressure. That's how they deal with their preparation. So it's very individual. I was a serious athlete, uh, not just in curling, football, as to how I prepared was very systematic and very serious. But not everybody yeah. does it the same way.
1: Right on, boys. Well, uh, what a great show. Uh, by the way, this week, we are doing a Zoom call. Uh, with Thistle Curling Club, Warren, is that That's what it. you've set up with us? You got it. Yeah, so we're going to do that this week. This will be our ninth Zoom call. Uh, each show, we invite you and your club. Uh, if you want to do a Zoomer, we'd, we'd love to do it with you, and uh, people get a lot out of it, so uh, get a hold of us. You can email us, insidecurling at gmail.com. Ah, uh, Warren, you've just been exceptional. Brendan, uh, we heard him in his interview saying, "Okay, speaking of gold medals, uh, Hanson gets it for uh, putting up posts on our <laughs> on our Facebook page." Uh, we have fun. <laughs> I'm into it now, Warren. Okay, I'm reading your stuff, and I said Warren's not going to believe I'm reading it, so I'm starting to respond on the on the Facebook page. But it's it's growing exponentially, uh, and we and we'd love to hear from you. We love your emails, love your opinion and uh, we're, we're going to try and get to the meat show. So again, inside curling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook. Thanks a lot to Rod Paulson for everything he's doing. And um, we will we'll, uh, be back next week. Of course, with another episode of inside curling boys. Thanks a lot. It's Briar week. Here we go. Okay. Starting tomorrow. We'll be watching
2: every minute of it, Jimmy, for sure. We'll be tuned in
1: <laughs> anyway, boys stay safe. It's going to be interesting. Incredible that they pulled it off and, uh, Hopefully, hopefully no cases happen. I, you know, Kevin, I just, I I keep watching it. Uh, The skies with bated breath going, God, I hope we don't get this announcement saying, uh, sorry, folks, there's no curling. One of the curlers had uh, a positive test for COVID. So let's keep our fingers crossed, Kevin and Warren. You bet. Let's keep it crossed, but it's, it's looking great so far. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll talk to you next week on Inside Curling.